Fabregas. Now it's Iniesta. This is it. That's the goal. Spain have surely won the World Cup. Do it here. Cross and Dempsey is tonight again. And Donovan has scored. Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA. Mehdi Tarani pushed him off. Mehdi Tarani pushed him off. Mehdi Tarani What's going on, guys? Welcome to another World Cup group preview for this one. The only group that really matters to me, Group B. I only have family in two other countries, England and Iran, and both of them are in the USA's group, also joined by Wales. And for this preview, we have one representative from each of the countries. Let's go down the line, starting with England. Yo, I'm Jack. Uh, I'm from Yorkshire, but I live in London. And I'm, I was Darian's roommate for a year in America, and I'm an England fan. And also joined us for the Euro Cup uh, right before the, I want to say, the semifinals or the final? Uh, it, was the, it was before the semis, I think, in the Euros last year. Yeah. All right, let's go to our Iranian Ameri- our second Iranian American representative. <laughs> um, what's up, everyone? Um, I'm Shion. Um, born and raised in LA, um, but family's fully from Iran. Parents born and raised in Tehran. All the families over here now, but all diehard Team Ellie fans, um, big supporters of the Iranian national team. So yeah. Let's go to Wales. Yeah, uh, I'm Sam from the capital of Wales, Cardiff. Um, Again, I know Darren from my year out in America. Yeah, as passionate about Wales as you'll ever find, I think. There we go. We want the passion. We got a representative from each team. I'm very excited about this. So I guess let's just start with England because they're the biggest team in the group in terms of stature and name. Obviously, the last couple of tournaments for England, it's been a lot better for them. Made it to the semifinal in the World Cup, finished in fourth place. And then the heartbreaking final uh, at home in the Euro Cup to Italy. I want to ask you, Jack, just give me the, the feeling after that Euro Cup. Uh, was, what was it like in the country, man? I got to ask. Uh, yeah, like immediately after, a bit like, uh, like sad and disappointing. Like I know that everyone on the day of the final, like I've literally never seen England like that. I went to... Um, Leicester Square in London, sort of like during the day beforehand, and it was like bedlam. There was like people everywhere, like literally every every post box, bus stop, everything. There was people like stood on them, like singing and shouting. You could barely move. Like it was mad. And I think everyone was really thought we were going to do it. And so when we lost on penalties, it was yeah, it was a peak way to do it. But then. Kind of like when the dust settled, everyone was kind of thinking like, right, especially after the kind of like 10 years previously to that, like the last two tournaments have just been ridiculous. Like we spent 10 years of shite, really. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Un- you know, it's, yeah. it's an uncensored platform. But- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, just just 10, just kind of 10 rubbish years. Like after the kind of perennial disappointment of like the golden generation, never getting past like the quarterfinals and then sort of, 2008 till 2016 just awful everyone was uh kind of like yeah it's just been ridiculous i'm thankful that we got that far but that attitude kind of 
between last summer and this summer, that attitude has dissipated somewhat, if I'm honest. And now people are quite annoyed at Gareth Southgate and aren't that confident about this uh, tournament. So that brings me to the um, next question, actually. Gareth Southgate obviously has done a lot of good things in tournaments for you guys in terms of results. But people have been questioning his, you know, his conservative style of play, talking about you guys scored a goal early in the Euro final and just kind of played conservatively. This squad that he's announced, man, it's a really good team. Uh, obviously, almost every single player plays in the Premier League, except for Jude Bellingham from Dortmund. You got a lot of, you know, the normal suspects, Jordan Pickford, who started in goal for two straight World Cups. I'm sorry, two straight tournaments. And then the big names at the back, Kyle Walker, John Stones. Uh, Harry Maguire, Eric Dyer, Kieran Trippier, Luke Shaw, Trent Alexander-Arnold finally getting his tournament call-up. No Reese James, though. That could be a big miss. Ben White also getting his first appearance in a tournament for mm -hmm. England, if I'm not mistaken. And, and then Jordan Henderson, Declan Rice, Mason Mount, Calvin Phillips, Phil Foden, Jude Bellingham. And then the two new guys coming in, Connor Gallagher from Chelsea, James Madison from Leicester, and up top, Callum Wilson also getting his first call-up to a tournament. Bukayo Saka, Jack Grealish, Marcus Rashford, Harry Kane, the captain, and Raheem Sterling. 20 of the 26 players from the last Euro Cup. Let me just hear you, and I'll, I'll go around, actually, um, to, to you guys, because you guys are both, I'm pretty sure, tapped into, like, England as well. What do you guys think of the squad? Do you guys think there were any notable names that missed out that you would have put on there? Let's start with Sam. Um, I think that squad's just stacked, really. If you compare yeah. that to the squad of the rest of the teams in the group, on paper, it should be no real question. Again, like you said earlier, it comes down to the conservative style they play. Does that actually utilise the players that they've got on paper? That's the question. That's the only thing that might let England down. In terms of people that didn't make it, I think I think that team's as strong as it can be. I think I, I think Southgate made all the right decisions. A lot of people will talk about Tamori over Maguire, but Tomori's not even having that great season in the Serie A either. So I think mm -hmm. you go with the people you know, go with the people that have done England well. I guess as much as I dislike to say it, Maguire's been good for England in the last two tournaments. So you back the people that have got them there, I guess, and you can see why Southgate did. All right, yeah. Sean, you? I think the one player that could have got into that team that didn't um, would maybe be like Ivan Tony. He's been having a pretty incredible season for Brentford so far. and. Um, but, like, I don't know, like, England's forwards have all been doing pretty amazing. Um, mm -hmm. So it's tough to, like, leave anyone out there. Um, well, I think and as well, apart from that, everything's expected. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, I mean, that, that's the main thing. Like, any – all the kind of uh, – uh, the question with Maguire being in the squad or not, I think it's, it's more focused around, like, is he – should he be playing? But we can't wait. I kind of knew he was going to go. All the sort of noise around who should have gone, who shouldn't have gone, these are, like – the fringe players, like, you know, some sort of like 21 through to 26, the, the first sort of 20 players in that squad just pick itself. And so, so I think some of the like debate around it's been a little bit forced because really like every, all, all the, all the key names are there and they're going to be involved. But um, yeah, Trent Alexander-Arnold is an interesting one that I'd talk about because he is obviously a great player and would play, um, in, in most uh, international teams, the problem uh, the problem with England is one. Obviously, we have a lot of choice at like fullback, even with even with the injuries. But 
Uh, I think Gareth Southgate doesn't feel confident enough in his centre-backs to play uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold right back. Like, when he plays at Liverpool, he's got Virgil van Dijk looking after him and covering round and sort of... I mean, not as much this season, but historically, like, over the last two, three, four years, he's been able to sort of, like, not worry about his defending as much and have someone senior back there. But when your best centre-back, or most experienced centre-back at club and country level is John Stones, and then you've got Harry Maguire, who's, yeah, done well for England, but doesn't get anywhere near the Man United team and is has his nickname Fridge for a reason because he can't move. And then our other centre-backs, Ben White, who's really good but never had any tournament experience for England. Um, James is it James Zarkovsky is in the squad as well. I mean... Is he? No, I'm sorry, he's not. Who am I looking at? Connor Cody, not much yeah. England experience. So whether whether Gareth Southgate uses Trent and if, if he does it'll be interesting to see I think the only way he ever would was if it was in a, like a back five with Walker as the right-sided centre-back that's the only way that I can see him being used but it'll be interesting to see well that that was kind of my next thing with Southgate he's played the kind of five at the back for the last two tournaments now this this upcoming World Cup you think he's going to change that? Because as Sam said, you know, you have a lot of these amazing attacking players, but you guys don't really play an attacking style at all. And he's been really criticized for that. Some games in the Nations League, he went four at the back. Some games, five. The, the England team also hasn't won a game since March in a friendly against Ivory Coast. And the Nations League, they didn't get one win, right? Yeah, it was bleak. Four <laughs> nothing to Hungary. Yeah. Yeah. So how do, you think, how, do you think, how do you think you're going to line up? Is it going to be dependent on who you play, or do you think he's yeah. going to stick with one thing the whole tournament? I, if if he was going to stick with one thing through the whole tournament, it would be the five at the back. But I've got a feeling that he's going to like it'll, it'll be four at the back against teams that he doesn't feel as threatened against, like with the attack, and then five at the back where they think the attack's more potent. Really. Okay. But so give me, your, give me your starting eleven against Iran then, because it sounds like that's the back four of what you're talking here. I, but I think a lot of it also depends on on Kyle Walker's fitness as well. Okay. Like I think that'll dictate a lot of what he does um, against Iran. I can see him going. For, I can see him going far at the back with um, Stones and Ben White centre backs. Maybe uh, Trippier left back. May well, and this is this is the thing. Maybe Trent Alexander Arnold right back, or he might play um, Ben White at right back, which he's done for Arsenal quite a bit. And then play Stones and Maguire centre halves, but that just and against Iran you might get away with it potentially because I don't well I don't know as much enough about Iran to, to comment. But against maybe Wales, Gareth Bale up top with, with a lot of pace, other teams with a lot of pace up top. I just don't know if that's going to be like feasible. <laughs> you would go with uh, Trippy on the left over Luke Shaw. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think Trippier is a better player than Luke Shaw, but Luke Shaw is obviously a natural left back, so that kind of balances itself out. I wouldn't be mad either way. I don't think, to be honest. Let me ask you, Shion, what's this, what scares you most about this England team for that first game against Iran? And I guess I was asked the same thing to Sam. What scares you most about this team? Um, by the way, Pickford in goal. Yeah. Because he's been really good for the last two tournaments, and people, and he's actually been really good for Everton for the last like two years as well. Like Pope's, Pope's been really good, uh, and has kind of impressed. But when he played for England, and I, I think it was a friendly against Germany, his footwork got exposed massively. Whereas like Pickford can actually play out from the back, and has been really good for England. So they won't change that. I don't think. Um, 
Yeah. Um, in terms of like what I'm most worried about coming from England, it's their attack. Like you have like ha- players like Harry Kane, Bukayo Saka, Phil Foden, Raheem Sterling. Like they're all incredible players. Like whoever is going to start that game, like you're going to be worried about them. Um, but I'm really confident in Iran's defending. We've shown it time and time again in previous World Cups against some of the biggest teams. Um, people came into the 2018 World Cup thinking that Iran would just get wiped away by Spain and Portugal. Um, Spain beat us 1-0 off some lucky deflected goal that Diego Costa just randomly put in. Yeah. Um, got a tie against Portugal, saving a Ronaldo penalty. Um, in the 2014 World Cup, lost to Argentina 1-0 off a 93rd minute Messi screamer, like nothing you can really do there. Um, so I'm just really excited to see like what we do against a big team like this right from the get-go. And in terms of England's defense, I don't know if Gareth Southgate has it in him to make those big changes right from the jump. Um, so I'm ex- like, honestly, I'd be expecting him to start a Harry Maguire again because he's just like so used to playing him there. He's going to stick to like what he knows and then maybe figure it out from there. So I think that's where Iran can really take advantage of England. Um, maybe like um, catch up to Maguire, catch him slipping on some mistakes, have Tarmi and Osmond running in behind, putting pressure on him. So we'll see. Yeah, I think uh, if Maguire is playing as a center back in a back four, man, Ooh, I'm I'm talking. I think we may be cooking some kebab right there, baby. <laughs> like, that's just that, that, that's your team talk sorted. If I, if I was if I was a manager of, of uh, Iran, Wales, or the USA, and Maguire's and, and back four, you go right. I don't need to say anything here. You know what to do. <laughs> like, so yeah. Wales, you guys played against England in the Euros. It was a tough game. Daniel Sturridge, late winner. That was in 2016. Uh, how you feeling though about about playing him? This is the little UK showdown right there. Uh, well, I hate playing England. It's one of my least favorite experiences. Why? And, well, they are they're our biggest rival, and obviously more often than not, we don't, as a country small as ours, we we're not the one that come out on top. So, two out of the three tournaments that I've lived through since 2016 have obviously been huge achievements for us, and they've all been tampered by the fact. Two of them have been tampered by the fact we've had to come up against England, which ruins my experience a little bit because I get so <laughs> nervous and so built up about that game, especially with friends like Jack, who just wind you up regardless of <laughs> what would happen. Um, but yeah, I'm glad this time that the Wales-England game is the last game of the group because I'm hoping that we get our business done against Iran and USA, where that game becomes less of an important and less of a heated high high intensity game really was hopefully maybe the Wales and England have sorted it by then and they're both going through that's my that's my hope I don't I don't see, see it happening like that and that's my that's my hope they doesn't come down to that last game because I, I don't think my nerves would be able to handle it I think I think though there's a good chance that it, it could it could be that you just never know and uh just to end it on England squad real quick um this is a really talented attack as as Cheyenne said I mean the midfielders Actually, kind of Jack, I want to get your take on the midfielders. You know, give me give me your starting eleven if you were playing a back four in the first game. You already talked about the back Pickford. Yeah. Uh, you said do you, either, do you, do you think yeah. what, what what I would do or what I think Gareth Southgate would do. Ooh, why don't we do both? Why not? Okay, starting with uh, starting with Southgate's Southgate's lineup. 
Southgate's lined up with a back four. Yeah. Ooh. I think let's see what, by the way, let's say Kyle Walker is fit. Let's just say. Okay. If, if, if Kyle Walker's fit, I think he plays a five in the first game. Hey, and Kyle Walker, I want to give Kyle Walker a shout out because, I mean, what he's done since he's gone to Man City has been nothing short of insane. What, won oh, mate, four, yeah. leagues, four leagues in five seasons, and he's been an integral part of all of them. And yeah. in the tournaments for, for England, he's he's done his job as a right-sided center back in that back five. Mate, my 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 hot take is Kyle Walker's in the conversation for greatest Premier League right back of all time. And oh, wow. potentially might be. But hey, that's a conversation of a time. But I think uh they would I think they would go for Pickford in goal. Um I think he'd probably play Shaw left back, a back three of Stones, Maguire, Walker, and then um maybe Trent Alexander Arnold right back in that in that five. He'll play probably play a two of Rice and Bellingham, and then a front three of Sterling, Kane, and Saka. I think that's what he would play. So um, two two questions. Uh, you, should, oh, you want to say anything else? Oh, well, if if I if I was gonna play if I was gonna play, uh, I would play a back four probably and play. Um, I'd probably play Shaw, Stones, Ben White, Trippier, uh, then play a midfield three of. Um, rise at the base with Bellingham and Grealish alongside him, and then I would play Foden, Kane, and Saka across the front. Wow, you would you would put a it can can Grealish play center mid? Okay, yeah. Or you could swap the Grealish and Foden would be a transfer like transferable in my eyes. So I wouldn't be mad with playing Foden in the three in midfield as well, and playing Grealish out on the left. So let me let me ask you this. De- Declan Rice is obviously a good player. Play- played a good Euro. What about Jude Bellingham? This is a guy that is 19 years old, playing at Dortmund, and we don't get to see him as much as, as people that watch the Premier League a lot. But what are you guys thinking about him? I mean, yeah, I don't know what you two think of him. I mean, I, we, I've actually seen him quite a bit because they've played City um, four times in the last two seasons. Like we had, we had them in our Champions League group this year, and then we played them in the knockouts last year. And he... He was a baller, like all four games. The game at the Etihad last season, he was like the best player on the pitch. Wow. Um, yeah. And you can kind of tell a lot about, about that in like those big games. Like I would say Jaden Sancho, whenever I watch him for Dortmund. In oh, yeah. Why didn't he make the squad? Sam. <laughs> uh, he's not been that great for United this season. And England definitely have better attacking options yeah. than that, especially ones that are on form. Fair enough. Yeah, well, that's this is the thing. Like, like I was going to say, he never, whenever he had chances for England, he never looked quite at it. And then when he, in the Champions League, he was never quite there. But Jude Bellingham, I've seen him four times and he's bossed it like most times. And he's been good for England when he's played as well. To be fair, so I'm scared of Bellingham this tournament as well because he, really? he feels like that one player that's you know that every tournament there's that young player that's all breaks through and makes their name on True. the stage. Like Wayne Rooney, 2004. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. feels like this is. Bellingham's moment because obviously he's been dominating Champions League this year. He's been unreal in the Champions League for Dortmund yeah. on a big stage already. I feel like this is that step where Bellingham really makes himself known, and I'm a bit worried about him. Phil Foden worries me a little bit. I don't know if he's going to start, but that guy is a talent, man. And I want to go to Shion now because you're an Arsenal fan. You watch every game. Uh, ben it. White and Bukayo Saka, man, they're having years right now. Dude, uh, give me on them, especially Saka, man. He's a really exciting player, obviously for. People that are a little more casual will remember him as the guy who missed the last penalty in the Euro final, but he's been amazing since then. 
I mean, both just incredibly quality players. Um, I'm going to start with Ben White at right back. Like, his composure, uh, just as a player, like, he's always so calm. Like, nothing seems to rattle him. He's always just, like, in the right place at the right time. Um, I know you probably saw the Chelsea-Arsenal game this past weekend. Um, he, like, just receiving the ball at right back, cheeky little nutmeg through Mason Mount. Um like he's 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 really quality great defender um good on the ball and then Bukayo Saka like I don't I can't I don't have enough words of praise for that guy like um it's just so hard to take the ball off him um anytime he's like making a run down the wing past a defender he'll just like glide by them and then he still has the strength to like hold players off which is I think a a really underrated aspect about him um Mm. he's a lot stronger than people think like defenders will go into go into like tackles with them thinking they can just like shrug him off but they'll just like fall to the ground because they just can't do it and um yeah just a lot of quality on that on that right side he should he should start for sure don't you think oh he will he will start yeah okay good the thing is as a chelsea fan man i don't think any of our players should start at all mason mount raheem or connor gallagher i just don't think they've been good enough Oh, Raheem Sterling, man, that's the one that gets me because I'm. Yeah, well, you know he's gonna pop up with chances. It's a matter if he's gonna score them, but he'll he'll get chances. He'll make those runs like he always does. I mean, he's like as a Man City fan, like I love Sterling, and he just did amazing things for us for um, the years that he was at City. And I would I would have said even up until last summer, like Conspiracy, he was certainly England's second best player, if, like if not probably joined with Harry Kane in terms of the out that his output, like his influence in the last tournament as well. He had a great he had a great Euro. Games. And but he's just fallen off a cliff. Like his his form and confidence for City last season and for Chelsea this year has just been absent. So I think at this point you kind of you can't play him. But I think uh, super super sub maybe well, I think Southgate will still start him. This is one of the issues that people have. I think he'll still start Sterling up there. And it could be one of those things where Sterling does what he did last like last year when everyone was clamouring for him to not be included in the starting lineup, and then he scored a lot of goals. But it could also go tits up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so last question before we move on to Wales. Expectation. Is it trophy, bring it home, gold or bust? Or, or you just want to see a good run? <sighs> There's some good teams in the World Cup this year. And I'm pretty sure you guys have as good of a squad as anyone, to be honest. I'm a bit worried. Well, I'm, I'm, France have got a very good team. Brazil have got a good team. Argentina have actually got a good, a good squad. And right Portugal's team as well. Yeah, and we, we've got quite a tough draw if we if we get through our groups, don't we? I think. No, don't we play we, against the winner of Netherlands, and, Netherlands and Senegal or Ecuador? I think we have it pretty made. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh well, I mean, then that case, maybe yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I I think if, if we if we get to the semi-finals, I think it'll be a good tournament. Like that, Fair that's, enough. That's, that's the expectation, Let, I think. Let's go to Wales. This is your first World Cup, right, Sam? Uh, well, it's our first one since 1958, so our second World Cup. The first okay. one that I've ever lived through, and the most of the fans have ever lived through. So this is a big, big deal. Well, when you think everybody think when you think Wales in, in the footballing world, you think of Gareth Bale. He's obviously been an icon for the, for you guys. 2016 Euro run made it to the semi-final. First time playing in the World Cup. A lot of the notable names are still around. Aaron Ramsey, uh, Dan James. Uh, what's, how's the Wales squad looking? I know if I was a Welsh, Welsh fan, I would be thinking Iran and USA, those should be two wins. We're going in with England. Let's go. Yeah, I think 
the thing about Wales is that our starting team, if everyone's at it, can beat a lot of teams on their day, and we've shown that throughout recent history. Is that everyone, everyone fully fit, everyone really going for it. We can still do. It. We've got a lot of exciting young players coming through. We've still got those star players still hanging around, like Bale and Ramsey. Obviously, Bale's not the player he was, as you guys yeah. are aware of his time in the MLS. He's not that lung-busting, quick sprinter that he used to be. But what he is, he's still an absolute clutch player. As you saw in the recent MLS Cup game, comes on, scores an extra time header to send it to penalties. He's just got those moments of magic. The reason we're in the World Cup at all is because in our last two playoff games, Bale scored, well, scored two and was given a dubious third, even though it was definitely an own goal. But his free kick led to it. It's just clutch moments like that that he is capable of. I think he's one of the best players in the world for those moments. I'm not saying he's the best player in the world all round, but he's got the ability to make those moments of magic in big games. I think that's, he's one of the best around for it. And that's what we sort of going to be relying on a little bit and moments like that. But then again, we've also got some really exciting players. We've got Dan James, obviously, he's, he gets some derision from a lot of Premier League fans. But for Wales, he's always performed. He's always... Uh, his high press is such a key aspect of how we play. We've got Brennan Johnson, who's had a breakthrough year with Wales as well. Scored, some, scored against the, uh, the Netherlands uh, twice, I believe, in the Nations League. He's, he's having a really good breakthrough year. He's playing in his first year in the Premier League this year. We've got big Kiefer Moore, who I absolutely love. I, yes, I was I was going to say you can't forget Kiefer Moore. That lads, he's he is a unlike almost any other striker on the international stage. He's an absolute huge striker. He might be six six off the top of my head, Damn. but he's also gifted on the foot. He's he's not just this big guy that people lump it up to. He can do that. But he's also really gifted on the floor, and I think he's sort of unlike any. Other striker you see on the world stage. He's had, quite a, he's had quite a journey as well, hasn't he? He's come from like yeah, he's come right through the leagues in, in um, English football. Yeah, he's come right from the almost the dirt of non-league, so right at the bottom of the semi-professional all the way up to the Prem for the first time this year. And he's been great for Wales since he's come in as well. Um, uh, we again scored recently against Belgium. Scored uh, scored a few goals against Belgium in the Nations League and in our qualifier. So. He's got the ability to score against these big teams, so he's a threat, and he, I'd be, he's been in my starting lineup straight away as well. The only issue with the Wales squad and what I'm nervous about is depth isn't amazing. Um, we've got players in from League Two in our squad, and you compare, so that's the fourth division of English football, the, the lowest uh, officially professional one. If you look at England squads, no one's below the top divisions, so there's difference in mm. quality there, but. What Wales has players that stack up their game for their country. So that's I think our greatest. Weapon. I really think that that clutch element is like uh, a big thing. Like when you were when you were talking earlier about saying, "Oh, I hope that um, Wales take care of business against uh, USA and Iran," then that game's kind of meaningless. I hope that as well because I think if it came down to a game between England and Wales when there was when there was something on the line. I would be nervous uh, playing Wales because I can see Gareth Bale doing what Gareth Bale does and scoring goals, like big moments, and England doing what England do and bottling it. So, <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny, you, you mentioned Bale and, and you mentioned the clutch thing, and I'm thinking about it. 2014 Champions League, go-ahead goal. 2018 yeah. Champions League, bicycle kick. The best goal of all time. Yeah, and then you got, I mean... Yeah, the guy, he has a knack for the big goal for sure. Oh, Copa, 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 right down the sideline, yeah. 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 
countless moments for Wales as well. Um, and I want to give a shout out as well, obviously, to Aaron Ramsey. He's obviously coming towards the, his twilight years of his career as well, but he's still putting in absolute key displays. It's with, it's with Balaam, Aaron Ramsey on their top form, which hopefully they will be. Wales do pose a great threat. Ramsey's ability to uh, break through and break lines and link up the midfield um, into the attack for Wales is ridiculously impressive. He scored, he not scored, sorry, um, made one of the best assists I've ever seen in, a rec- in one of our recent games against um, against the Netherlands. So he's still got that little spark in him, even though he might, might, might not be dictating games as much as he used to in his, his youngest years. Again, it's like Bale, he still have these moments of magic that Wales rely on to push us that next step. And that's what we're going to be hoping for. I'm guessing it's it's uh, going to be a disappointment for you if you guys don't make it out of the group. Uh, no, I'm going to sit on the fence for that. Okay. I'm going in with no expectations. Um, again, it, like, uh, this World Cup group is statistically the hardest one in the whole World Cup because of the, the group. average. Um, yeah, the World Cup group, sorry, because of the uh, average positions of us all in the FIFA rankings. So I'm going in with no expectations and just hoping we put, put a show on. It's the same as when we went to Euro 2016. For the first time I had my expectation for that was to score a goal. I wanted to celebrate something. <laughs> and I've got a little bit more expectation than that this time, obviously, but I'm still not expecting us to necessarily you know what? so for so just quickly when we move on from Wales, for people that are watching this, Sam uh, watches Wales loads like every home game, used to go to all the away games as well before he started working and stuff, didn't you? Are is there a big Welsh contingent going to Qatar and it, uh, because my thought is that the Welsh fans are really good and really passionate and they add a lot to the team. Are they going to be there in Qatar? And if not, I think that's going to be a problem. Yeah, there, there seems to be quite a lot going. A lot, a lot of the people I go to games with, they're all going. They're all, You're you know, going, are you going, Sam? No, unfortunately, I can't because um, I work as a teacher, so I can't actually get time off during school term. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's a big deal. There's loads of people going out. I know so many people are going out for it. It's obviously quite... Uh, Obviously, it's a long way away. It's expensive, so a lot of people are going for it. But it's, a, it's our the first one we've ever lived through. Well, the, yeah. the we've ever lived through. So people are committed to it. And yeah, like Jack said, fans are a big part of the Welsh culture. In Euro 2016, when we did so well, the fans even won an award from UEFA for how much they contributed to the tournament. So hopefully, if, if the fans can impact it in any way like that again, we could mm-hmm. be on for a winner again. Hopefully, who knows. Let's go to Dime Dropper's home country right now, USA. So right now, this USA team actually has more names that play on European clubs than we really ever had before. In terms of on paper, I think it's the most talented. Matt Turner uh, for Arsenal. DeAndre Yedlin, even though he's on the MLS now, he's had experience for Newcastle and in various clubs. He was on Spurs for a little bit. Tim Ream is 35 years old, but he's been on Fulham for a long time. Uh, we also have Serginio Dest, who was on Barcelona. Now he's on AC Milan, Dutch-American. And then Weston McKinney, who plays for Juventus. Tyler Adams plays for Leeds. Brendan Aronson also plays for Leeds. Eunice Musa, who was an English guy, English player on the U20, uh, U19 that became an American international. And then obviously the big name, Christian Pulisic up top for Chelsea. Uh, the main man, Captain America, as they call him. George, the legendary Ballon d'Or winner, George Weah's son, Tim Weah, who plays for Lille. And then Gio Reyna, son of former U.S. legend Claudio Reyna. But the problem with this USA team is Coach Greg Balkan. Man, Man City legend Claudio Reyna, might I add as well. Really? Oh, wow. 
Greg, <laughs> American coach Greg Berhalter, though, hasn't seemed to kind of put the product together. In CONCACAF qualification, the USA finished behind Canada and Mexico. Now, Mexico, they normally finish behind, but Canada, for the U.S. to finish third, seven wins, four draws, three losses. I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch as many of the qualifiers as normal. Shion, you got to give me your analysis on this, man. How are you feeling about the USA team? going into this because it's been a, um, we, didn't, we didn't make it last time so it's a lot of expect not expectation but it's a lot of anticipation for this yeah um i don't know i'm just i'm not very confident in this usa team um like you said like a lot of great individuals but they're not incredibly like like a great cohesive unit mm -hmm. um and i think that comes down to the manager as well like greg berhalter like he's he's okay like he's he's nothing special um if we have a if we have a shitty tournament he's probably getting the axe yeah yeah um i'd assume so um you just have like you have so much so many talented players like the u.s should be a lot better than they are on paper but they just haven't been able to get the results that you feel that they should mm -hmm. um so it's going to be an interesting tournament to see if they can figure things out um like this could this could go like one of two ways for USA. I feel like either they figure it out and do really really well, or they just blow it. And I could see them just like crashing out very very early. Well, I'm just thinking back to the um, was it the 2014 World Cup when when you had Tim Howard in goal doing the absolute yeah. business and people yeah. like Clint Dempsey. I just don't I don't know enough about the USA squad other than people like um, Pulisic and Gio Reyna. I just don't know. If I see that the, 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 there's those figures in the dressing room like Howard and like Dempsey who are going to like sort of take games and take the squad by the scruff of the neck, you know, like get everyone yeah. going, like keep it together, like drive the team forward. I, I think DeAndre Yedlin is the only player on the U.S. national team that's played in a World Cup before. Everyone else is in their first World Cup. So it's going to be a big moment for them. There's a lot of young players on this team. Yeah, very young good. team. I think, I think what's good, though, about the U.S. is they're going to take this experience, whether they win or lose. It's great experience for when we'll have real expectations in four years when we're hosting the tournament. So this is going to be – a lot of these players are going to be back in 2026. Christian Pulisic, you know, i got to talk about him. He's been coined like the main man of America, and he's an extremely talented player, really good on the ball. His time at Chelsea hasn't necessarily gone as planned. He struggled with a lot of injuries. Going into the season, there was talk if he would get transferred or not. He's had his good moments. He's had some okay moments. The thing is, if he gets his chances, he's got to take them. That's been one place that he's kind of struggled a little bit for Chelsea. But he can make some magic happen, man. Pulisic is one of those players that's tough to get the ball from as well. We mentioned Saka earlier. Pulisic is a guy that gets fouled a ton. I hope he has a big tournament. And I'm really excited about Gio Reyna, too, and Tim Weah. You know, these are young players, but their dads are very notable figures in the in the, uh, in the the footballing world. So I think it really comes down to Cheyenne. That first game against Wales, man. If we can get a result there, if we can get a win there, that would be huge. Draw, I'm not sure. We'll see how it goes. If I'm USA, though, i got to look at the Iran game to get three points. But, I mean, yeah. I'm, I was just going to say, like, that game could have a lot of – it could be it could end up being very important, that being the last game of the group stage, too. Um, I mean, a lot will fall on, like, what happens in the previous games. But if USA – both teams can get results against England and Wales somehow before – um, it's going to be very interesting, especially the history between USA and Iran. Um, not the best blood there. Um, in was it the 1992 World Cup that, or 
98. Iran beat the USA. When Iran beat the USA. So I'm looking for a little repeat of that. But yeah. I think it, it could be, it'll be interesting because. I mean, England could do it. Could be England and like balls up. But if 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 you look at like the form books and the squads and stuff like that, if what's expected to happen happens and England get nine points from nine, there's a lot up for grabs from those remaining games, and there's a lot of pressure there, and it's massive. Like you could teams could go through with four points in that group, and it when, when was the last time England got nine points in a group? Um, pass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's, it's, I don't know if it's ever happened. Hey, the, the point yeah. about um, the USA, uh, if I were to look at the USA team on paper, I would be absolutely bricking it about facing them. But then looking at the games they played and that rank, uh, where they finished in that qualification, that's the one that, as a Wales fan, I'm most confident about playing the first game. Get set and, off it, the right and if you guys win that first game, that spells great stuff for you guys going forward i mean yeah. i would think that you guys may get out of the group with that i'm gonna be at that game by the way repping the u.s so gotta, um, gotta, yeah. so for example uh the ways we, one of the reasons i'm more confident is wales have played mexico quite a few times recently and i've done pretty well against them and the fact that mexico managed to finish above you guys gives me a little bit of faith that uh we can do our job against you uh the usa as well and um i recently obviously since we've pulled in a group i've taken more of interest in usa's games just to see what you guys are about. And I saw that um, game against Japan in, that was held in Germany as a friendly during the Nations League. I watched that on TV and the US defence looked a bit slow and he- they couldn't keep up with the Japanese pace. And as a Wales fan again, and even looking at England's squad as well, Wales is front line are really quick. England's front line are really quick. I think that could be a big issue for the USA. Obviously, I think also as well for Wales, again, you've got You've got players who have been there, done that, like Gareth Bale, Aaron Ramsey. I'm gonna, be shit, I'm gonna be shitting bricks every time Gareth yeah. Bale touches the ball and like the attacking third when he plays us either team. Yeah, these, are, these are seasoned pros. Yeah, like, he cuts know. in on that left foot. That's yeah, exactly. When he cuts in on that left foot, oh my yeah. god. But anything else though? You, you guys gonna say something, Jack? No, I was just saying. Like, I think I, I, that's gonna be one of those. It's difficult because you probably got um, after after England the most. The squad with some of like the most experienced players playing probably the squad with the least experienced players in that first game, USA versus Wales. And I, I, for me, I think that's going to be a big factor, to be honest. And now, if any of you are listening, the many Iranians that are probably listening to this, I apologize that we left the best for last. I do apologize. Um, but, and then, by the way, I was wearing an Iran shirt, but I had to represent, we had to have one shirt from each squad. Shine's already wearing the Iran shirt. Shine will be joining me in Qatar for that game. Uh, against England, which will be electric. Let's talk about Iran now. So I've never gone into a tournament with an expectation like this for Iran. This is the best chance they've ever had to make history and make the knockout stage. No disrespect to the Wales or USA, but it's such a golden opportunity for Iran. Uh, Obviously did pretty well in qualifying, but there were doubts about the manager and then the news that every Iranian fan wanted the return of King Carlos Queiroz himself with experience at Man United, the Portuguese national team, and the last two World Cups where Iran has made their country proud, contending, as with as Shion said, with big nation, especially getting three points. Um, no, four points in the last World Cup. It just wasn't enough to make it out of the group, though, and that group featured Portugal and Spain and Morocco, 
This one, not necessarily as tough. Shion, you're more tapped into the Iran team as me. Give me the whole scouting report, man. Why should we be excited? Dude, um, I'm, I'm really excited about this team. Um, I mean, a few months ago with the old manager, um, wasn't, wasn't too high on him. Um, my dad was saying for like, ever since like he got hired, like his first few, few games, um, we need to bring Karosh back. We need to bring Karosh back. Um, he, and finally we did it and I'm super excited. He makes our defense just look so much more cohesive. Um, we, we just play incredible, incredible defense. We shut big teams down. Um, in our previous friendlies leading up to the World Cup, we managed to draw against Senegal, which honestly we could have won. Um, That's the African champions, where, by the way, for people that don't know. Yeah, Af African champions. They played a strong squad. They had Mane in there. They had Koulibaly in there. Mendy, obviously, in goal. Um, they got a lucky deflected own goal, one up, one zero. Osmond came right back and tied it. Um, Didn't we beat and then, Uruguay? And then we beat Uruguay in a game where they were playing big names like Darwin Nunez, Fede Valverde, um, and Tarami coming in clutch in that game. And I need, I need, a, I cannot, I don't, I don't have enough good, good words about Tarami. That guy, he's incredible. Um, he's been absolutely insane for FC Porto, um, tearing it up in the Champions League. Um, I think in the group stage, the only two players that scored more than him in the group stage were Salah and Mbappe. And then it's yeah, I checked the and stat, then, and then it's and then it's Tarami up there. I checked the stat, um, goals and assists combined. The only players above Tarami, Messi, Mbappe, and Salah. We'll we'll take that company right there. Yes, yes, incredible company right there. Um, I think one thing to watch for with this Iran team is Osman's health. Um. He's been dealing with some knee issues um, and he's currently getting his fitness back. Um, so hopefully he can get some minutes under his belt before we go into this World Cup. I assume he'll come off the bench to start and then hopefully work his way back into the starting lineup. Um, but yeah, I see that first game definitely starting Tarami up front, hopefully causing some problems for that England back line. Um, and I think that first game is going to is going to show a lot about what this Iran team can do. Um, we, we just need to, we need to take advantage of an England team that may not have things figured out yet in that first game. Um, and I think that's the perfect time to play the biggest team in our group. Um, it is. I'm, I'm really happy about that first game to be against. Yeah. England, yeah. Like yeah. it's so much better that we're playing them the first game than having them, having them that third game where maybe Southgate can figure things out. But um, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, Moharami for Dinamo Zagreb at right played, back. He's been great against them. Unreal. Played great. Played a great game against Chelsea, putting dangerous balls into the box. Um, and then hopefully we can just have Tarmi and Osmond latch on to some of those. Um, we got Podus in center attacking midfields. Um, he's, he plays for Brentford, doesn't get a lot of minutes for them, but um he's also just an incredible player when he came on against portugal in that last game of in that last game of the 2018 world cup he came in and was immediately causing issues um putting dangerous balls in behind um he was the one that like brought that ball down played the ball in in behind to tarmi and then tarmi just put it wide and then if that one went in we'd have we would have knocked portugal out and gone oh, i remember like, we were we were inches away and 
And I, I think that this is a really great opportunity for us to finally get out of the group stage. And our, I think it's our sixth World Cup appearance. We've gone out in the group every single time. So hopefully we can take advantage this time. Let me ask you this. So you talk about the defense. Every time we've had Carlos as coach, it's been our defense that's we've parked the bus, though. It's been everybody say, he makes fun of Iran that we parked the bus. But the, the big names of this Iranian squad come up front. You know, Sardar Osmoon, who's on Bayer Leverkusen, he was our big star in 2018. Didn't necessarily have the best tournament, but he still showed some signs. And now we have Mehdi Taremi, who is really – I mean, anybody that's playing for – that's Iranian and plays for Porto, I mean, we'll take that all day. And he's been awesome, as we've talked about. And then Kadiman Sadifad has scored 29 goals for Iran. I mean, he's a big big player. And then Ali Reza Jahanbash was one of the best uh, scorers in the Dutch Eredivisie one season. So do you think we still play that conservative style and kind of – prey on these counterattacks or do you think we'll see a more attacking minded Iran than in previous tournaments? I mean, I think we're still going to see that at least to start definitely against England. We're going to sure. play that, play that defensive game, um, hit them on the counter. That that's just, that's just our style. And it's what works for us. Like, and we got guys that can, that can score on the counter. Teams. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. We have good players. Up front. I, think the best thing about your team now, I think the best thing about your team now is that you've got that incredible defensive stability that, Carlos Quieras is famous for. He's the dom at setting up a team to stop others from scoring. But now you've got those lethal strikers. That means that you can play that way, but still win games, not just draw them. So you've got those strikers that will be able to take advantage of those opportunities that fall their way now. So I think you, you're even. I think you will stay with that solid back position because now you've got those strikers that will only need one or two opportunities, and that's all they yeah. need to get that goal. Hopefully, you uh, hopefully Iran do England a favour and expose Harry Maguire in that first game, and then Southgate can sack him off, and then we'll win the next two. <laughs> that it's it's a very real possibility, and I like that England team a lot. Um, I mean, being an Arsenal fan, I'm big fans of Bukayo Saka and Ben White, as I mentioned earlier. Um, so I'd like to see them do well. Um, was rooting for them hard in that in that Euro. Um, Same, but yeah. Um, Harry Maguire is just not it. He's not it. Um, he's he's too slow. He makes mistakes. Like he's also just he's not probably, played. If, if, if yeah, you're taking a guy, he, he's taking a guy who's not played for Man United. I think he's made one appearance since they lost four 0 to Brentford, and you're putting him up against a guy who's the third highest scorer in the Champions League group stages. That's that's a recipe for some fireworks, is it? So yeah. for, one for Man United was as a sub, and and he came on as a striker. So yeah, it's not exactly the form you want your centre back <laughs> to be having before a World Cup. Yeah, so Iran could be the ones to to expose us. To be honest, I mean, I mean, also, uh, well, actually, yeah, all uh, the USA have got pace up top as well, like Christian Pulisic, is someone who I can see uh, Maguire struggling against as well. So hopefully, like say Cheyenne, Iran can take take advantage of England sort of not having it figured out and then we do figure it out and then it's bad news for Wales in the USA, hopefully. <laughs> the thing is, the thing with the US is they don't really have an identity as a team yet. Iran really has an identity as a team and I think what's going to be interesting is, as, as you said, that first game, I'm thinking, man, here's how I see it. So now we'll get into the predictions for the group. Here's how I see it, that first game. All the pressure on England. Everyone's going to be hyping them up. You know, coming off the last couple of games where they haven't gotten a win, it's going to be a lot of pressure on some of these guys. Iran's got nothing to lose. This is one of those games we got nothing to lose. We get a nice 1-1 draw. Everyone starts asking questions about Southgate. The pressure increases. 
but they have that desperation against USA and get the three points to calm everything down. But Iran, we already got that one point. If we can get a point off England, oh man, I'm feeling good because then if uh, maybe just a win against USA will do it. And the I think confidence will go through the roof. If yeah, oh my god, dude! If we draw England, there's gonna be parties on the streets. Like it's gonna be crazy. <laughs> so if we can, and I'm telling you, man, the game. And I hate doing this because I'm obviously if it were up to me, Iran and USA are going through. But that's not gonna happen. I think we gotta win against USA, man. Like 98, we gotta get three points against US. Need to, need to. And and if we do, and we make that knockout, it's gonna be bedlam. And here's the funniest part: we're partying in Westwood. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. So let me let me get the group prediction starting with Jack. Uh, let me hear it. You can either go game by game or just a point total. It's up to you. Oh, I think I think for England, it could go one or two. The main thing working against England is that expectation. That's the thing, and that's something that Wales, USA, and Iran all have over England. Like we're kind of favourites in every game, so it's pressure, and we're not coming off the best form. But I do think. Uh, Experience will prevail, and I think we'll come top of the group. I can see us. I can see us coming top with seven points. I can see. I can see a draw in that first game, and then two wins against USA and Wales. Um, I think the USA are going to struggle. I think Wales will beat them in the first game, and then Iran will beat them in the Iran versus USA game. So you're talking zero points here? Zero points for USA. It, it could, I, it could, I, it could happen. I could, if, if, there was, if there was one team I backed that I thought was going to get zero points, it would be the US. I could see a lot of it coming down to the Iran Wales game, to be honest, for that second spot. And it's difficult for me to say because I don't. I'm, I'm more familiar with the Wales squad than I am with Iran's. Um, however, Iran have got a lot of like a lot of talent as evident by the by the players in there. But I, Sam knows this, I'm a very, very big fan of Gareth Bale. And I think this he's looking at this, this is his last hurrah. And I, I, can, I think Wales will just come out on top in that game and come second in the group. That's my prediction. That's going to be, I mean, it's such a big moment for Gareth Bale to play in a World Cup too before like he retires. Um, and you know, if that happens, it's very possible. Probably the most likely scenario. I will be a very sad man though if that happens. If it's England and Wales, and we're both out, but yeah. Sam, let's go to you, man. Uh, I'm going to be conservative with my prediction, and I'm going to see where you might finish third. I think we'll. You're not going to give your come on, man. You got to give your squad a little more backing than that. Well, it all comes down to our first game. If we beat the USA, which is my the, the team I'm more confident about beating out of all three. If we beat that, then that can set us up nicely against the match. So it all comes down to that. If that doesn't go our way, then things could start to fall apart a little bit. So I think we will get that win against the USA. Um, the game against Iran, I am scared about because of how Iran set up defensively and how solid they are. Wales have historically, with this set of players, found it hard against teams that have that low block, that don't expand forward, don't let our quick players get behind them. So I'm worried that that might be our undoing and there might be a draw there there might be a loss to Iran there that's where I, that's where I'm nervous because of the style rather than the necessarily the, two, the quality of the two teams it's the style that I think will undo us there so I think we might get a point there so then it all comes down to how the, the other games go in against uh, so how Iran and USA's game go etc um, so it could be a tough call I think it's going to be really really close between that third and second position between Wales and Iran and at the moment I would say that we finished third up, but no, I would take that. I just want one win in a World Cup and I'll be partying on the streets like you guys will be if you get a result against England. 
Fair enough. Shion, this is it, it's kind of insane that Iran is like not expected to finish last for once. Like it's so cool. Yeah. Shion, yeah. go for yours. Um before I get into my prediction, I just need to say um I think a big factor that's gonna play into how this group shapes out is Iran's traveling support, especially because it is in Qatar. Oh yeah, it's we're gonna close, home field close distance every game. Even even in Russia and Brazil, like we Iranian fans got numbers out there, like in Russia and in 2018, that game against Spain, Iranian fans were so much louder, which shocked me in that game against Spain, um, which which was huge. And I think that's going to play a big factor into these games. And I don't want to like bring I, I, as much as I hate bringing politics into the game. The Iran team has a lot to play for right now with everything that's going on in the country right now. It's um, good that you do mention it though for this podcast. It's, it's we, we have to. We, we have mention. to. Um, I I I I'd regret it if I didn't bring it up at some point because there are a lot of problems in our country right now and that need to be sorted out. And um, we we just Iranians just want their rights, man. Like um you see people getting killed in the streets and like just for wanting to show their hair, like women just want to be able to express themselves freely. Um, and that's, that's huge. And a lot of the Iranian national team players have shown support for the people of Iran. And I think that they're going to have that extra fire in them to want to prove something for their people. Um, so I'm, I, I have really high hopes for this team. Um, my prediction, I think England is going to top the group. Um, I think, I think we will get a draw in that first game. I think probably that, that, that I'm, 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 I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful, but I think we get a draw in that first game. I think that Wales game is going to be really tight also. Um, and I see us being USA in that last game and us advancing probably on like five points. If we can get two points out of those first two games, at least two points out of the, those first two games, I will be very happy. And then it'll all come down to that last game against the USA. And if we can get five points, go out of that group without losing, I'll be just over the moon. Like, yeah, <laughs> oh I think, God. I think it's, I think it's our time. I think it's our time to finally get out of a group stage. So. Dude, that's that's a great point you make. I mean, yeah, the situation in Iran is really bad. We've had people even campaigning to get Iran out of the tournament and get them replaced. It's been really crazy. It would be nice after the tough times and all the struggles we've gone through as Iranian people to have something to kind of bond over. And that's what makes the World Cup so great, man. All these things going on in these countries, but we all come together. The world only has one time zone, time zone at this time. And uh, that is World Cup time, my friends. And so for my predictions, I'm going to go with England topping the group with seven points. I see them getting a, a, the 1-1 draw against us that shocks the world. They're going to take all their energy out on the U.S., get a narrow win over Wales. Narrow. Oh, man, I want to say that USA gets something out of this Wales game, but I don't feel good about it. Um, I think Wales will win the first game. Yeah, dude, I don't know, man. If USA don't get a point against Wales, I have a tough time thinking they're going to get anything out of this group. But the Iran game... See, if you're an Iran, a USA fan, you think that the Iran game is where you got to get three points. But I'm not even going to give them a, a chance there. So I'm going to go with the USA finishing bottom with zero. It's going to be a bad tournament for them. But, but it's going to be good because Burhalter gets the axe. And, and the American players will still get that experience. And then I got England with seven points. I think Wales will beat the U.S., draw to Iran. They're going to lose to England. Whereas the Iran is going to go undefeated and come out of the group with five points and make history. <laughs> yes. um, I'm going to think if we got anything if I have anything else. Um, 
that's pretty good. Uh, any last words, gentlemen? This is really fun. I hope we get to reconvene uh, at some point during the tournament. Uh, I just want to say that, yeah, I think it's it's kind of made the, this group. I mean, if, if, if I think of like three other teams that could have been in the group with England, it wouldn't have made it anywhere near as interesting. So I think I'm also not just going to be following England's game really closely, but all the games in the group as well. So, yeah, I mean, best of luck, everybody. Best of <laughs> yeah. luck, guys. It's going to be best fun. Of luck. Ten days away. Oh, actually, no. When this airs, it'll probably be one week away, or or eight days away. I think eight days. Eight days away, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's time to get excited. Iran number one. <laughs>